Hey everybody, this is Mandy. And sometimes you have to remind them and yourself what you used to look like out of quarantine. Hey y'all, this is Ollie. And my know-nothing February is eating me right now. And this is the Mandy and Ollie podcast. You search for guys with the most things. Daddy ran away and left your mama with the keys to the Mustang. Yeah, keys to the Mustang. So how are you doing today, Mandy? I'm doing all right. I'm alive. I'm handling the business that pays me okay. and doesn't pay me. Okay. Or was it, no, what's the saying? Minding the business that pays me? Yes, that is the saying. Okay. It sounds like you're doing volunteer work too, though, because you said business that doesn't pay me. I wouldn't call it <laughs> volunteer work. Um, it's just some things that don't pay me, but I got to do. It's probably okay. the best way to put it. All right. How about you? How are you doing? Ugh, I've I've been doing well. I thought throughout the week, and then I had like a flare up trigger today, and I it kind of just like sent me on the deep end, and I was like, dang it, I was doing so well, like positive thoughts positive vibes only focus on what I can't control and then like I was triggered today and yeah so I'm trying to get back to my center honestly because I don't like triggered Ollie um I'd rather not be triggered I'm sure everyone would rather not be triggered but Mm -hmm. again if it's something that's out of my control and I know it's not going to change all I can focus on is Ollie at this point um yeah, I had some experiences this week where I was like triggered. Um, in part because like how you say what's not in your control. I think a part of me is like <laughs> is like I still have a control. Like it's it, not that I can't accept what I don't have control over, but when it comes to relationships, I'm like, there's two people in this relationship, and I'm one of them. So I'm gonna keep talking about it till, <laughs> or 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 I'm I'm a I'm a not talk about it, I'm a voice my feelings on it. Right. And um, this week, I came to the conclusion. I'm like, some people, even if they care about you, do not care about your feelings. Mm. Does that make sense? That's very profound. I am I am in sync with that thought. And it's like I you know, they can love you, they can yeah. in theory want what's best for you, but they can also be like your if your feelings are um inconveniencing me or in any way like you're saying your feelings um would affect what I'm doing, yes. I'm not interested in in your feelings. So then I'm just like, all right, well, you know, maybe I have to remove myself from some stuff if um, you don't care about my feelings. That is such an accurate truth. I don't think I've heard it said that way before, but I think I've had that concept before where it's like you at this point, nothing that I say is going to change anything. So you don't care what I have to say, even though you might care about me, you might care about us. So yeah, I I am on board with that thought. Like you might care about me, but you don't care about my feelings. So, yeah. 
that sucks. It's a sucky situation to be in, but yeah. Yep. So. So. <laughs> Uh, what were you going to say? I was going to say, so, <laughs> and then <laughs> ask you about your goals. How are your goals coming along this February? Um, I did not do my jump rope or my dance like I had intended to. I hadn't been doing my schoolwork stuff until due dates came, and then I was like, oh, snap, I got to do all this stuff. Um, So that's... Well, I was, like, kind of doing it, but not to the extent that I needed to. And then it was, like, due dates were here. And I was like, oh, well, guess I got to do it now. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, that's where I'm at with um, my goals. Not really doing them, but doing them. Okay. I have faith that you'll get done what you need to get done. Yeah. Yeah. At this point, I'm just kind of like, if I'm not failing slash dying, yeah. then I'm doing fine. You're doing well. <laughs> That's the standard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's funny. Um, so for my goals, I know I've been mentioning yoga a whole lot on the podcast, and I haven't gotten around to it. But for this week, I have been doing it consistently, and it has been way different from what I remember doing it years ago. And I don't mean the processes have been different, but clearly my body has changed. You know what I mean? My body's not the same. It was five, seven, 10 years ago when I was doing this stuff. So just like mentally preparing and stretching and just doing my best feeling like, okay, it's okay. If you use the work your way up to this move, like before you do something, like don't hurt yourself or stress yourself trying to um, just automatically get there. So I've been doing that, and then I've also been doing no nothing, no fun, no goodies, whatever, um, February. So that has been really tough for me, tougher than any other time I've fasted or removed something out of my diet or my life. And that's also, that one's more so confusing to me, because all the time, given that I'm always changing my diet, pescatarian, vegan, vegetarian, no meats, I'm always changing my diet, I'm always removing things, but I think because I removed basically everything that I love my body is like what are you doing (laughs) and things that I wasn't craving before it hadn't thought of before I'm starting to get these receptors in my neural system like you want this you want this you want this and I'm like but I can't have it so um yeah I'm having a tough time but I'm just I'm 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 thinking maybe I'll make like a countdown calendar or something just so I can like mark the days off and just um look forward to this ending um you floss regularly right yes i use like crackers and stuff yeah because i find when i floss because i don't floss regularly like i should uh my mouth be hurting so then i don't want to eat nothing so that helps if i'm uh trying to incline not to eat that sounds like you might be flossing too hard it's not supposed to hurt when you floss getting um not just but between the teeth but you know like how your gums be around the whole tooth you know right right so i'm I'm getting the nooks and crannies yeah around the whole tooth getting getting around the whole thing okay um i flossing doesn't deter me from eating and that's the thing i'm not eating i've been mainly juicing so it's all the healthy fruits and vegetables and juice so 
juicing doesn't deter me from flossing, but when I brush my teeth, I am just like, okay, I'm done. So, yeah. Okay. Are you ready to move into the safe space? Sure. So, what's on your docket today for This is a Safe Space? For my This is a Safe Space, I wanted to talk about mental illness and relationships. Mm -hmm. I had seen this thread on social media um, where the person wasn't really talking about mental illness per se they were just saying like if you're fighting you know demons in your life um focus on fighting those demons as opposed to getting in a relationship with me and then you're letting those demons you're fighting affect like how you treat me or whatever whatever or you want me to fix you while you're fighting your demons and blah 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 Mm. and the people some people in the thread were basically talking about well people who you know, suffer from mental illness, need and deserve love too. And other folks were like, that's not what she was saying. What she's saying is like, don't feel like you can treat someone else like garbage because, um, because you're going through something. But it definitely made me think about, um, the, that very true fact that, you know, people who do suffer from mental illness need and deserve love too. But if you are someone who, doesn't suffer from mental illness um or how do you feel about dealing with someone or being in a relationship with someone who does um particularly like really active not active that may not be the word um like bigger diagnosed diagnosable things not just like um anxiety or seasonal depression Mm -hmm. um but things like schizophrenia or by being bipolar or um things that are more like life um standing and not just partially circumstantial although you know you can have anxiety for your entire life right um personally and I don't feel like even if they listen to the podcast I don't think they mind I dated someone this was back it had to be either in college during my little sabbatical when I wasn't in a monogamous relationship as many of those came about um it had to either be in that little window or after college I dated someone I want to say for a couple of months and they were bipolar and when we were dating I could tell that something was not necessarily normal or the norm for me when dating someone but I never said anything and then um one time we were out and I don't want to say there was an episode, but there was kind of like a flip of the switch. And then when I, my reaction was, whoa, and they were like, that's when they told me, oh, I, I have bipolarism. Like I'm da 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 da. And I'm like, okay, because I never want to assume things about people. All I can do is go off of your actions and go off of your words and then make, you know, my thoughts and my conclusions from that. But during that whole process, I was like, it it was very hot and cold and it was very like um flares of anger and stuff like that so at the time i i just thought or that version of ollie just thought okay maybe i'm reading too much into this or maybe i just need to extend a little more grace and so i felt like 
I was when when it was told to me, I was like, okay, now I can recognize when there is a flare up or when there is something going on. But after a while, for me, I was like, I can't handle this. Like it's too much for me. And so like I have to, you know, like you, love you from a distance because I can't handle being with someone who's bipolar given um honestly the weight that it was putting on me and how I felt like I had to tiptoe or how I had to um if they were like having a flare up or a flash of anger, how I had to try to not take it to heart because I would take it to heart. It would hurt my feelings. It would make me feel like what am I doing here? So for me, I feel like at this point, um, if it's something that develops like later on and we're together and stuff like that, I feel like, okay, well, if we're together and we're in this, we're in this. But if I'm at the dating point, like I am now, then it's not something I feel like I can handle personally. Um, I've never dated anyone, um, as far as I know, that was dealing with mental illness. I, I, I myself, like, and I've talked about on the podcast, have um, dealt with anxiety and depression. But... And I can't say I didn't let what I was feeling affect um, how I was treating people in my other relationships. Um, but because I haven't been on the end of like dealing with anyone, I'm I can't say how I would or wouldn't um, respond to it. I just definitely wonder like what the levels of experience typically could be to kind of like figure out if in my mind I could handle that or not handle that. Like, because some things come about, you know, because that's who they are and it's like in them medically or whatever. And some things come about like from PTSD or, Mm -hmm. or trauma experiences and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. And I think sometimes when it's something like that, people try to be a little bit more understanding because they're like, oh, you've experienced something that makes you that way. And so I want to have patience with you because I know that it's because you've experienced something because I guess that's easier to understand than just something in you is making you behave this way. Because I know I look at like when you look at like Kanye and Kim and stuff and um I feel like I'm often very unapologetic to to Kanye because I feel like so many people give him um a lot of points for the things that they feel like he does right right so um and 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 I'm like if we can't if we're not acknowledging his circumstances when it comes to his quote unquote genius, then why should we acknowledge his circumstances when it comes to, you know, his bad behavior? Like, especially if he's not willing to acknowledge it or take accountability for whatever, it just feels, you know, somewhat dismissive. So, but then I look at, you know, the fact that they're, um allegedly getting divorced and stuff and I'm just like not that Kim is doesn't have her own problems because she does but I I do look at it and feel bad for her because I'm like hmm. 
this i i mean i do i'm like this man is already very difficult and very um just just as a person he's difficult and i would imagine that she and maybe a few other people more than anyone else actually have to deal with the mental illness portion because like the rest of us look at it and again it's like we're we can be dismissive of it like oh well you know he's we could say that it's because of his mental illness but some of what he's saying he's speaking the truth i'm not saying he's speaking the truth some people say that like people just take the take the bits and pieces of what they like or dislike about kanye and we can do that because we are very separated from him but that's her husband so she doesn't get to just take the parts that she feels like are genius or the parts that she feels like are dumb. She has to take all of those parts and all of his flare-ups or all of his responses to things. And I'm just like, it's. I definitely believe like it's, it's probably a lot more difficult than what I could even imagine. Um, but then I also think about like Mariah Carey, who has come out... Um, as admitting that she's also bipolar. Mm-hmm. And I think about, you know, Mariah Carey is also someone that has um, a lot of things that she requires. She's high maintenance is what I would say. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, I don't, but I don't think again, in similar fashion to Kanye, that all of that is just like, because she's mentally ill. Part of it is she's a diva. She owns that. Like she's an artist that feels like she's paid her due. She wants things exactly how she wants it. She wants it to be Christmas all year long. She loves the holidays. She would have, you know, Nick Cannon dressing up in every costume he they could find when they were together and mm-hmm. and as Nick puts it, like Mariah manages Mariah. Yeah. And so it just definitely feels like when you're with some people and again, I don't know these these folks closely, but it's just people that I've seen in the public eye that that also um, suffer from mental illness. It's like even when they're in their highs, it's a level of high that almost feels like no one else can participate with them. Like they're in that that own realm by themselves, and everyone else is just hoping to kind of ride as much of the wave as they can with them. Um, but then again, I'm just like anticipating the moments when it hits the lows. Um, I don't know his name to Lord forgive me, but the NBA player, um, who used to play for the, the Mavericks that suffers from mental illness and was basically, um, walking around homeless and his family, you know, wanted to help him, but couldn't really get him, um, even to find him at one point and Mark Cuban had to find him to, to try and get him in rehab and get him help. And it just, that really broke my heart to say, because he, he has loved ones. He has people in his life that wanted to take care of him. Not that they were like, Oh, this is too much for me and I can't deal with it. But again when you're when you're riding that wave and you're the person dealing with it you can't even if you love them you can't make them let you in i think is the best way i can put it um so that would be like one of my major concerns 
is that I would even want to love up on this person and give to them and I wouldn't and they would be going through their own thing mentally to the point where they wouldn't let me in Mm. to support or care for them yeah yeah I will say on that note people definitely have to be willing to allow help to come in and you can't force someone to accept your help which um does suck and it's like you want what's best for them but if they don't want it for themselves there's there's not much more you can do about that backpedaling a bit to the kim situation i don't feel any ounce of bad for her because you knew who kanye was when you met him and even though we're seeing more flare-ups and public flare-ups rather like he has been this troubled mind before he met you. You all met on nefarious terms and you still decided to have multiple children with him even during his public flare up. So for me, it's like, okay, if you decided to wade through the water or keep going or this is what's best for you or blah, 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 like that's your decision. But I'm not going to feel bad for you because that's your decision. That's your SHIT. You decide to sit in it. And now that you're deciding to leave, like, if you do, that's also fine. But I don't feel bad for either party at that point. Um, I mean, to me, it's like you can, someone can decide to do something for themselves, but I, I've, I guess I can still feel bad for them that they're in those circumstances at all. Um, so, like, deciding to, to marry him, him when he's has his Kanye act antics um I can see where it's like okay I wouldn't do that but you know you decided to do that so that's on you but I I still feel bad for her to be like he had his antics but but I still feel compassion because I can still imagine that like me not doing it doesn't make it any, me not choosing it for myself and you choosing it for yourself doesn't make it any less difficult. And, um, and, and I can, I still feel like I understand that it is difficult and, and that I, I want someone to, to be better just despite being in those circumstances because, because I do, I do feel that way. Like choosing to to be with someone, knowing that they have problems of any sort, um, doesn't mean. Like, I I just feel like I'm talking in circles. Choosing to be with someone, knowing they have problems, I don't look at it like, well, you set yourself up for that, because loving and caring for someone is a beautiful thing and is something that I try to aspire to like for anyone that's in my life showing them a certain level of love and care um even if it's difficult I don't want to just only think that extending love and care to to those who are easy to love and care for um is right and then those who who I know it's hard to love and care for well you knew it was hard so that's on you like it's they, not, they, I was going to say is, is it okay to interject 
Mm-hmm. I was going to say, it's not, I'm not coming from the mind frame where it's like, you knew what you were getting into, so, oh, well, pitter-patter. It's more so, it's also that, but also, it's a choice you decide to make. And not only that, it's kind of backtracking to what I said earlier when I was like, okay, in the dating phase, no, it's not for me. But if I've decided to dedicate my life to this person and we're in it and something develops, then, yeah, I'm in it. In sickness and health, vows are serious. You said in sickness and in health. So if this is labeled as a sickness, and personally, I feel like you're not leaving because it's antics. I feel like you're leaving because it's affecting your brand, and your brand is more important than your marriage, then I don't feel any, like I said, ounce of pity for you in that point. And again, if I felt any pity, it would be for both parties, but I don't feel any pity for both parties at that point. Mm. Um. I mean, I'm not exactly sure why she's leaving. I, I never, it never occurred to me that it would be because of any one specific thing. Um, her brand, I don't know that her brand is actually affected, but, oh, but I know that. Hmm? I said it definitely is. I've been following this from the beginning. I always have all this useless entertainment news mindset stuff and it's definitely affecting her brand especially when he compared her mother to Kim Jong-un like that definitely took a hit on her a lot of her sales and a lot of her social media um analytics so it's not it's not a good thing for her you know what I mean like they say oh all news is good news or all press is good press and it's like no it's not Yeah, I forgot he even said that because he be saying a lot of things. He does. <laughs> <laughs> he be saying a lot of things. I'm just like, oh, like I literally, when you know things are trending and stuff on Twitter or um, other social medias, I'm I'm not the one that's like, oh, let me see why this is trending. Mm. Just like, especially if it's not Kanye or Kim, I'm like, oh no, I don't, I don't need to know. <laughs> it, it'll come, it, it it'll find its way to my ears at some point, I'm sure. But I don't need to know the details because I'm whatever it is probably won't surprise me. Um, but yeah, him saying that would definitely affect her brand. But I think it also affect her personally. I I was, I mean, they were already married by the time he revealed to us that he was bipolar. So I'm not sure what she knew or didn't know. I will say, um, and agree with you that she did choose to continue to have children with him. Um, being probably Chicago and Psalms after that fact had been revealed. So it's like, um, you're continuing to entangle yourself in in um circumstances with this person, right. and um, knowing the Kardashians, I don't know that Kim would be this person, but some of them, you know, I w- I used to be a fan of Chloe. Chloe. I feel like with someone that if she loved you and cared for you, she would continue to do for you, even though y'all broke up. Yeah. Um, the best example being, you know, everything Lamar. that happened with Lamar. Yeah. Um, and continues to happen with Tristan. I don't <laughs> know that that's going to be the case with Kim in regards to Kanye. Um, 
So I don't know that even though they'll be getting a divorce and, you know, separating assets or whatever, that she will, if he needs something, especially if he's having um, flare-ups or just circumstances in relation to his bipolarism, Mm -hmm. that she will be there for him. Um, But I feel like I'm like a Chloe. Like, I probably would. Like, even if I was like, oh, I can't deal with this right now, I'd still... I I just feel like if, if that person called on me and was like, I need you, I feel like I'd be like, okay, what do you need? Um, which can be very dangerous to do, yeah. like constantly inserting yourself um, into someone's life and allowing them to rely on you. Yeah. Um, but I don't, I don't know if I'll ever be able to speak on this from personal experience. Just something I saw and I was like, I have literally never thought about it. I've thought about dealing with, like, being in a relationship with people with disabilities, mm. but never mental illness. And I don't, I'm surprised I never thought about it before, really. Again, I feel like if it's presented to me and we're not in the thick of things, then I don't feel like that's something I have the capacity to do at this time. Maybe further down the line, but the way it's looking, no, probably not. Because I also have my own things to deal with. So having to take on the plight of another person isn't something, honestly, I'm interested in doing at the moment. Mm. Well, what is your This is a Safe Space? Um, I wanted to talk about baby packs. I wanted to know, you could share, of course, as much as you're comfortable with sharing. I wanted to know if you believe in them, if you've ever had one, if you currently have one, um, if you know what they mean or the stipulations behind them. And if you just agree with that, where it's like, okay, person A and person B, we'll call them Jack and Jill. If Jack and Jill are not in a relationship and they haven't had a baby, let's say by the age of randomly 36, then they've decided to um, procreate together. They're friends, they've known each other for years, and they feel like, I know for sure that you, I trust that at this point you would be a good father. I know for sure, I trust at this point that you would be a good mother. Yeah, let's do it. So, I want to know what you think about those. Um, I've never had a baby packed. I've had a let's get married packed. And really? That- yeah. Oh. And that ended a long time ago with someone. I made it probably when I was like, either right out of high school or in college, which didn't really make sense to make because I wasn't really at risk of, (laughs) I was just, I was just developing relationships. Like, I don't know what made us even say that, but, um, yeah, I've never done a baby pact and I doubt that I ever would or that I believe in it. I'm not, trying to um attach myself to someone for life that um I wouldn't choose to be with for life mm. if that makes sense that makes sense 
I will say this person that I have this baby pact with is someone that I would choose to be with for life. But yeah. Um, so what makes you make the pact as opposed mm-hmm. to go the more quote unquote traditional way of just getting in a relationship? Um, I, I feel like for the most part, I've always been the person who thinks, okay, things should be done in order. Like we're hanging out, we're friends, we're dating, we're in a relationship, we're engaged, we're married, baby, baby carriage. Um, and lately I just don't see that as, as much, as much as a priority anymore. So it's like, okay, well, do I value motherhood over marriage at this point? Yeah, maybe I do. Or do I value marriage over motherhood? Mm, no, not likely. So <laughs> I feel like, and I hate to think of the, no, I don't hate to think of it. There is a biological clock going on. Men can produce well into their 70s, 80s, and just shoot people's club up and it's all good. But, you know, women, our bodies change over time. Like, pregnancies get riskier over time so and this is something I've thought about for a while with this person but I had a different pact with the previous person and that kind of like fell through so I was like okay well do I want kids if so who do I know what I trust with that like to me that's a a big decision to make it's not just like willy-nilly like oh let me open up my black book yeah you'll do it was like okay how has this person treated me? How has this person treated their family? How has this person been around kids when I've seen them? And I just feel like this person in particular checked off all the boxes. And it's also, um, honestly, it's a distance thing. This person, I don't live in the same spot and I don't want to resolve myself to long-term dating. So, um, I feel like if, you know, the baby pack did come into fruition, I would, move to closer to where this person is. But, um, I feel like in this instance, because I know that we care about each other as friends, that it could happen the opposite way. It could be the baby and then, you know, the dating and the marriage and all that good stuff. So, um, I understand the knowing that you want the children and maybe more so than marriage. Um, but I guess the part that I'm like curious about is why you want to to do it with another person or why are you choosing um to make this um pact with another person. In comparison to adopting or fostering, something like that. Or even just um sperm bank or whatever. Cause you said like biological clock and, and stuff. Yeah. Um, I definitely don't trust necessarily sperm bank because I don't know who's donating. People can tell you profiles about themselves all the time and it can be complete foo-foo. So I'm like, I don't trust that route. Um, I know adoption process can take a while. So I'm also not necessarily trying to wait on that. And I also want to, again, when I think about motherhood, it's like, okay, do I want to experience this in my own body? It's like, yes. But again, I'm not always sure, like, okay, am I ready to have kids? I don't know. But if I did have kids, I want that experience myself. So adopting and fostering and um, I feel like adoption and fostering aren't off the table completely, but I trust this person and I do believe um, that his influence 
on the child and the household would be a positive and productive one. So when you make the pack, do you put any other stipulations in writing, like this many days here and there and contributions in this way and that way and stuff like that? So, yes, if you have an official pack. This one was um, just brought about earlier this week, and I didn't think this person was going to say yes. So when they said yes, I was shocked. <laughs> I was like, oh, really? He's like, you mean with me, right? I'm like, yeah, of course with you. He's like, yeah, let's do it. I'm down. So I'm sorry like, to okay. interrupt, but they know you're serious, right? Because yeah. I know you're serious. Yeah. Um, but sometimes <laughs> people, especially guys, they just be like, uh-huh, yeah, sure. And then they just be, they just be agreeing though to whatever. Yeah, I made sure he knew that I was being serious. He didn't think I was being serious because he was like, you want to do that with me? Like, you want to trust me with that? And I'm like, yeah. So he knows that I was being serious. But yeah, you're 100% right. Some guys are just like, uh-huh, yeah, okay, I'll give you my, I'll show people. Blah, blah, blah. But um. Yeah, I feel like, so the groundwork, because he, he even asked, and he's like, okay, well, how does this work? And I said, okay, well, we say if you and I are not in a situation or entanglement, relationship, or married by this age, then you and I will try to have a child by this age. Like, that's how it works. And he was like, okay, that's simple enough. And I said, the extra details would be like, okay, um, for me would be like, okay, are you seeing somebody in between this time? Are we going to be dating? Are we going to be in the same spot? Like that's when for me, those other non-foundational questions would come about and we um, have to maneuver around that type of thing. Yeah. Cause what if it's like, so is the pact if I'm not with anyone and I don't have kids or just if you don't have kids? Cause if the, you know, the date comes and, one of y'all is in a relationship but doesn't have kids. Right. It's definitely for both. That's how, like I said, my previous pact ended. It's like, okay, well, the date's here, but one of us is in a situationship, so, you know. Oh, you have reached the date. <laughs> I Did didn't we realize. The date? Maybe we hadn't reached the date. Actually, they were in a relationship before the date came, yeah. So when the date came, I was like, well, I guess our, you know, baby pact is null and void, and they are like... Yeah, <laughs> I was like, okay. So, yeah, that baby pack ran its course, I suppose. But yeah, I don't, I don't think it's uh, would be healthy for me or the other person to be in a relationship and be like, oh, well, I got to put this on pause because I got a baby pack over here. Like, no. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um. So, which should I say I should be wishing you luck for that you find a relationship and have a child with that person you're in a relationship with or that this baby pack works out? Like, which would you actually prefer? Which would I prefer? Honestly, I would prefer a relationship that eventually ended up in a naturalized baby. But if that doesn't come into fruition by X amount of years, then I'm happy with starting a family with this person in particular. So I would, I would say the former wish me luck on the former. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Um, I, I, I will not be making a baby pact. <laughs> I'm not surprised. Um, 
I don't know if there <laughs> I I can't say that there isn't anyone that I'm not like, oh, I think you have values that match my values and blah blah blah. But I'm just like, if we ain't together, I'm not trying to attach myself to you for life, so <laughs> I do not would have um a baby with you, I guess. Yeah. I think and I think that's fair. I know it necessarily doesn't work for everyone, but when I I like I said, I've been doing a no, I haven't said that, but I've been doing a lot of thinking about my life in the past week and what is it that I want? What are some things that I maybe want? What are some things that I definitely don't want? And when it came to baby and Ollie, I was like, This is this has been on the maybe fence for me and usually it, it honestly swayed with my partners. Like if my partner said, Yay, yay, okay, maybe baby. My partner said, No, okay, well no, because I don't want to be in a self sustaining situation when it takes two people to make baby. So um, lately when I've been thinking about it, I'm like, do I want to experience motherhood? And even though that's a selfish thing within itself, I was like, yeah, that is something I want to do. So if it's, I want to do it in the safest way possible, the safest, most comfortable, most stress-free, most peaceful way possible. And I feel like this is one of those options. yeah yeah okay i'm just wishing baby on you (laughs) i appreciate that thank you it's time for our meat and potatoes and um as a change for once i don't have anything on my plate so i hope you have (laughs) something that we can both eat like tapas oh i don't know if we can both eat it but i do have something okay um my main potatoes today is called what i've learned from ancient history so far so one of the classes that i'm taking this semester is basically an ancient history class and um i won't say that i like it (laughs) um and that may just be because i'm not agreeable with the format and the grades that i'm getting and because i don't really like school but It does have some interesting things um, to come about it. So it's going to share some stuff that I feel like I've learned from ancient history so far. And um, I think some of those things that I've learned, we can probably speak to collectively. Cool. So all these religions that people practice come from ancient history. And I say that and find that to be interesting because... It's such it's 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 things that were happening in a time with less information. Um, so folks would seek so much and seek things in terms of like their everyday today lives, but also seek things in terms of, you know, like a higher power. And so when I think about all of the different religions that people have, Judaism, Buddhism, Christianity, um, 
Hinduism, Confucianism, like all these different things. And I'm like, knowing that this literally was around 3,000 plus years ago, a lot of it being older. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, is there not like, is there nothing about that that seems a little strange that it's like such an old created concept because there's there's a lot of things people used to do back in the day that you know we've modernized yes um but then i also think about certain modern um religions like mormonism and i'm like nah that still don't sound right like it still sounds like <laughs> like and i and i uh believe myself to be a christian but a lot of it still just sounds like cuckoo bananas so mm-hmm. i just look i just find it so weird specifically though that with these older religions it was like created in um a long time ago and we believe in in these things with these gods, these deities that haven't called out to anyone, or even if they have, it's not been in a way where everyone who practices that religion believes. Yeah. And then God spoke to that one person again and said this modern thing that makes sense for the modern world. And we all believed it. You know what I mean? Right. Cause it makes sense. Like at the time, like I said, some folks were like specifically seeking out, certain things um a lot there used to be a lot of um polytheic religions meaning religions where there were more than one god and i just find it weird that none of those stuck around as much as the ones where um where people believe in one god like i feel like those have have held true okay um so that's just something that I'm like, that's interesting mm-hmm. and weird. And weird. <laughs> um, any thoughts you have on that? On Before certain I- belief systems making it their way to the 2020s and others falling off? Yeah. I feel like they've all made their way to the 2020s, but they've been either revitalized, revamped, or renamed. And I can't give you specifics off of my head, but I feel like if we did the timeline or the backwards bunny hop, we'd be like, okay, this became this in the 1700s. This became this in the 1900s. This became this in the late whatever, whatever. Um, So I feel like it might not be presented as much like when it comes to politics, like, oh, this Democratic senator believes in Confucianism. I feel like, though, it might have warped or developed into something else that's still rooted in some of those older thoughts. Right. Which was going to go with the next thing I learned, (laughs) which is, um, I've heard this term said before, there's nothing new under the sun. Mm -hmm. So, um, when you talk about politics specifically, yeah, a lot of the ways that people move in terms of leadership was all structured from back in the day. And so it's interesting to look at like modern day societies and, and um, leaders and just the way that moves, because a lot of times I do think that leaders think that they're coming up with something new yeah. or saying something new. Yeah. And it's like, 
it's not new. And it's so not new, it makes me feel like none of y'all studied history. <laughs> <laughs> that's a funny uh, way to say it. I feel like they could have studied history, and that's how they know how to repurpose and repackage and regurgitate something that is not their own. You get what I'm saying? Just put a little bit of a remix on it and then say, all right, here's something new. When, as you said, there's nothing new under the sun. Yeah. I mean, there, there are just so many concepts of like, like physical strength or just power being, you know, we talked about this before, being idolized in a way where it's like, if you're weaker than, than if you appear to be weaker in any form, then we can't, um, consider you mm-hmm. consider your thought consider your opinion consider whatever mm-hmm. that there were some societies that felt that like power and physical strength dominated over all then there were other societies that were like well education yeah. <laughs> and research and intelligence and facts that should probably be prioritized and that just feels like um you know a, a battle even within america where the where it's like a strong military presence is is um idealized by some that 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 just fo- want to focus on the power and then there's other people that are like but look at these facts though right and and look at this like collaboration that we could have with other people that have facts and necessarily controlling a bunch of stuff doesn't make us stronger like using the military to control other people doesn't make us stronger but having more power in information and because there's, you can definitely like, you know, still be manipulative with both. For sure. Um, not trying to make anyone sound like they are ideal in any regard. Um, or f- finding out like about a lot of leaders, again, despite all their different religious beliefs, they came to the conclusion that by them being the leader, they're excuse me, their God picked them. Like they were picked by God. Right. It was ordained by God and right. God wanted them to be in this position of power and their God would only allow them to be in this position of power. And then the tide switch. <laughs> and it's like, well, God must have picked this new person. Which some of some of the some of the societies believes, like, you know, if you lost your power, that means God picked somebody new. Right. But um but some of them was like, nope, that's that's not the God I worship, or that's a different God. And and they came in under a new regime and talking about a new God. Right. Um, there something else I wanted to talk about that was in this political realm, but um or just like, oh, using punishment <laughs> as like the form of running society. Some believe that, like, yes, harsh punishment and strict and, like, negative energy. And then others believed in, you know, like, positive reinforcement, for lack of a better word. Or just, like, bringing about positive, like, growth and opportunities and positivity to all is the best way to develop your society. As opposed to punishment over everything. Like, if an infraction is made it shouldn't immediately be like put them to death or cut off their hand or whatever. It's like, okay, how can 
you improve their situation so they don't make that infraction because maybe they didn't mean to lose all your money. Right. <laughs> Circumstances hit them so they lost all your money. Right. But, you know, some leaders are like, nope, you lost me all my money. You're either going to become my slave or I'm going to kill you. Right. It's like one extreme or the other. And I feel like that's in line with corporal punishment nowadays versus rehabilitation where I look at, honestly, our prison systems and the United States prison systems. It's like, you're going to do this work. You're going to get paid pennies on the dollar for the work. And you're going to be jailed up with limited access to anything until your time is done. And then if you look at places like, I think it's like New Zealand or um, Greenland or something like that, where it's like people are do have like rooms, but it's not like a a bunk bed in a cell. It's like they have access to computers, access to education. It's more of a rehabilitation thing. Like, okay, yeah, you do have to do some time in here, but we're going to make sure that you leave here a better person or give you all the tools and access you need to leave here a better person if you so choose to. So it's definitely, I'm definitely not on the side of corporal, well, uh, it. I don't want to say it depends. I mm, I can understand (laughs) why some people um, lean, I guess, one way or the other, but I'm I'm definitely not a fan of corporal punishment in situations where people can redeem themselves. You know what I mean? If you just gave them the opportunity to redeem themselves, there's even this story of circulating, and it's not a story, it's a real-life situation. And this happened to plenty of people, of this man who sold weed like 30 years ago who just got out of jail for selling weed which we all know now is recreational. You can go to a dispensary and buy it or whatever. And it's just like, I can't imagine spending 30 years in a place for doing something like selling weed when you have all these other infractions. And people might say sin and sin, but it's like you have murderers, you have assaulters, you have thieves, you have all these people who have done so much harm to others. And yet this man spent 30 years in jail for selling weed. And it's like, like all the inventions all the time that has passed all the different things like you come out and you're in a whole new world i feel like that's why a lot of people can't acclimate a lot of people eventually end up committing suicide a lot of people end up depressed a lot of people end up wanting to stay away from friends and family because they can't keep up with what's going on so when i think about how the punishment doesn't fit the crime i'm like yeah there could have been rehabilitation rehabilitative services offered because this person probably didn't have the resources aka the money to live the life that he needed to support his family at the time but instead it's here's 30 years in jail and it's just ridiculous Mm. um i'll just add a few more things that you know i found that was like okay this is um Heard it all before, as they say. Um, Colonization. That was real big back in the day. (laughs) And in this colonization form, it was, like, interesting to see the two parts of it where it's like, okay, we're going to colonize and we're either going to, like, destroy everything that was here or we're going to colonize and we're going to force that you take on our culture. Mm-hmm. Or we're gonna colonize, but we're willing to mix cultures a little bit. Or we're gonna colonize, and we're gonna say that because we colonized you, and to, we are superior, and um, we're gonna make it specifically about like the way we look and race and stuff, and um, 
call you inferior and let all of that stand until 2021. So and beyond. Yeah, and beyond. So seeing that even specifically in like um India was just like such a interesting thing to watch because you know, the colorism is an issue everywhere mm-hmm. and all over the world. Um but to again see it having stemmed from ancient history as opposed to I think we're used to hearing or believing that it started in maybe the 1300s or 1400s you know whenever uh Columbus got on a boat and it's like no these things were happening from time and it's very unfortunate but it's also unfortunate that like with again like with all of the different advancements that have been made Mm -hmm. the things that we're holding true to are the things that divide society even more so like we are connected by all this technology or um sharing of like goods and services and food but Mm -hmm. we're also going to look at you like but you're less than me as a person so it's just you know that's what I've learned so far in ancient history um but y'all pray for me that I passed the class because it's not looking like me and this professor are seeing eye to eye what you think it's that bad that you might not pass the class I don't know what's gonna happen I'm just um I know that I am very much less invested in this school stuff than I used to be but I'm doing all of my work and we'll just see what comes of it okie dokie my underappreciated award for today is going to Garrett Morris famously known from the Jamie Foxx show someone posted a photo of him the other day and they were giving him like his flowers and I was like yeah it's messed up that we lost him so long ago and so then I started reading his profile and stuff and I was like oh he's alive don't bury that man that's the first time I've ever quote-unquote buried or dead in a celebrity I was like I had no idea that he was still alive that's wild to me um he's also on two broke girls which I never really really watched um and you know he had a a role on Martin as well but he um yeah well I know you didn't watch Martin but he um <laughs> he's still put my business in the streets <laughs> He is still alive and kicking, and he is 84 years old, and he was on Strong Black Lead. I suggest y'all follow that um, Instagram account. It's a Netflix Instagram account that promotes Black films, Black stories, Black actors and actresses um, just coming to the table and talking about themselves. And I was just happy to know that he was alive, and I was just like, you know what? The Jamie Foxx show is definitely one of those shows that I put on my um, to-watch list, like go back and just like as an adult watch it so yeah i just wanted to give him his flowers since he is definitely alive you guys lord have mercy I know. um <laughs> there's also a the strong black lead podcast mm-hmm. so i'm not sure if he was ever interviewed um on there but there are a lot of really good interviews okay um on there if you're ever looking to to listen to some folks um i would especially oh he was he was interviewed on there um 
my underappreciated award too, although I have two underappreciated awards. So first, I will say, uh, Happy Black History Month, y'all. Happy Black um, History Month. So shout out to Garrett Morris, um, who did have a strong Black lead interview, and this other person that I'm about to give my underappreciated award did as well, and that's Ruth Carter, known for her costume designing. Um, which she has won so many awards for. Um, so I love, you know, television and film. And while so much acknowledgement goes to the actors first, and then I would say like maybe directors, um, part of what makes a film and a television show great is the whole imagery and aesthetic. And Creating a look in costuming is um, literally, again, I'm in school, one of the like four pillars of um, a really important part of filmmaking called, I don't know if I'm saying it wrong, but missaying scene, which basically says like everything that you see within the, the shot. And costumes and makeup are a part of that. So the actor can, you know, work their butt off to cry or laugh or perform a dialogue um but if they don't look right you know it takes away from that scene my friends and I were talking about um somebody's wig on some show and how it was very distracting I'm not gonna call it out because I don't want to make you know the show sound bad but how it's very distracting for us to watch this actor when her wig looks so jacked up mm. um shout out to Tyler Perry it wasn't one of his shows but you know He's often known for putting men in some bad wigs. Yeah. Anywho's, <laughs> Ruth Carter makes it to where her people never look toe up mm-hmm. unless the character is supposed to look toe up. And so I just wanted to give her her flowers because she is a person who's like a key element in filmmaking and making it so good. Um, I also wanted to give an underappreciated award to someone who I honestly feel like you know, again, it's Black History Month. And to me, part of Black history is like the little things, not just the big things. So for those of you who enjoy watching, you know, who are weird like me and enjoy watching extraction videos, I want to give a shout out to Jada Kennedy um, of urban extractions who you can find on instagram and youtube if you ever just want to see um extraction videos of like pimples and hairs being pulled out of someone's body mm-hmm. with black and dark skin because we're often not seen as if we don't begin ingrowns of course we do or if we don't have pimples of course we do or marks in our bodies like why wouldn't why is it that I can find 85 million, you know, with people of light and white skin, but it's very hard to find us. Right. Jada Kennedy, she makes those videos and she's, you know, blackity black, but black, black y'all <laughs> shout out to Alan Payne. So she just tells stories and talks in a way that I'm like, yeah, this, this is, this is one of us. This is our people. So I wanted to give her an underappreciated word as well. Nice. Shout out to her. Shout out to her. Okay. Would you like to tell the listeners where they can find us? Yep. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at MNO Podcasts. You can also send us your questions, comments, 
and concerns at mandyandolly at gmail.com. Please be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen so that you know when we drop a new episode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was good talking to y'all. Bye. Bye. Yeah, you look so familiar. Don't I know you from back when? Yeah, way, way back when.